Come on, boys, and your girl best friend. It's time to find over our favorite man. Pass, dribble, jump, shoot. The game ballers love it when they take it to the hoop. Dribble, dribble, spin and juke. We like the best sport where the boys are cute. Time out, six man in. Break away your pants, cause it's time to begin. Whistle, whistle, foul on the play. Turn up the volume, cause it's time for NBA. All right, everybody, here we are. It's been a minute, but we're back with another episode of the NB Gay Podcast. Uh, and this is the first time ever that Producer Ferg isn't here. So that's why I'm introing the show. Producer Ferg's not here. He does live uh, well in the HRM now. He lives in Dartmouth. He's going to school there. But he's not. he couldn't make the episode, so it's just me and Coach Jay today. It's going to be wild. I'm going to have lots of questions for Coach Jay. I'm sure I'll fuck up a couple times and he'll correct me. We might get a, like a live dictor segment. But that's just it. It's me and Coach Jay. Ferg will be back for the next episode. But we haven't been around for a minute. And we got a whole round to talk about. Uh, and then we're into the finals of both conferences. So the NBA bubble has been very fast-paced. Uh, and we have not been very fast-paced on the NBA podcast. But Coach Jay, welcome. What's up? How have you been enjoying the playoffs in the bubble? The playoffs have been fantastic, Jeff. I could not be having a better time right now. Um, Mitch is unable to be here because he's out here getting that education. So shout out to Mitch. Um, we miss you, bro. <laughs> that was sad. <laughs> you have to take on. Well, do I don't know if you could take on Mitch's role. If you could, I mean, uh, just like getting mad at me all the time and just like chirping Jeff because that's yeah. You know, I was gonna. I was gonna talk over you guys this episode anyway even if he was here because i'm on some i'm on some <laughs> bullshit right yeah now. well let's talk about that so first of all congratulations so for anyone who listens to the podcast um uh, mitch is eclipse boy i'm obviously a raps guy i'm still i'm literally wearing a we we the north t-shirt looking at uh the five inch raptors logo tattooed on my forearm and jay is a lakers guy and uh the lakers are the only team left and like we'll get like that's the biggest like, I feel so bad for Mitch. It's bad, sad that he's not here to defend himself either because that was really bad. Um, and I, we'll get to it. But yeah, so the Lakers are the only team left. And so congrats on that. So me and Mitchell have been like sad boys for the past, uh, past like, I don't even know how long it's been since the Raptors lost game seven, but I don't care. It was a great series and they fought hard. I'm over it. Uh so yeah, congratulations. How do you think? How do you feel about the Lakers right now? Like, cause obviously, I think you should feel good. Yeah, I feel great. Honestly, um, I was feeling great anyway. I, I honestly was not. I thought the Clippers would be a a test, but I, I honestly never thought at any point in this playoffs that any team was going to beat the Lakers four times in seven games. And now I definitely do not think that. Yeah, and it's like, this I think might end up being, and I hate to say it because it's like the Nuggets have really shown a lot of heart and fought, but, and I even tweeted about it, like it's amazing that 
in two rounds, they fought through six elimination games. Like, I don't even, has that ever been done before? I, I, actually, that might have been the stat I saw. Could have been the first time in history that happened. Yeah, they were the first, they were the first to do it consecutively, come back from 3-1. Right, so absolutely insane. But in at the same time, uh, on the other side of this, I'm saying, is this the Lakers' easiest series yet? And obviously, the Rockets quit, and we'll talk about the Rockets literally quitting. Embarrassing. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like this is not going to be... Uh, a cakewalk at all obviously for denver but i don't know i feel like the lakers are on their way to an nba final and that's pretty damn exciting just being a basketball fan to be honest denver can't come back from 3-1 if we don't let them win one yeah (laughs) uh is this you would never ever purposely take an l in the nba final but maybe in the bubble year just to avoid a certain uh, a certain score in the series but let's let's recap round two because we haven't spoken in a while and honestly we're gonna start with the raptors because i just want to get it one and done over with here um are you still with are you still with me jay yeah, i'm here sorry just had a little malfunction okay <laughs> what are we talking about no worries <laughs> This is <laughs> producer Ferg. We need you, man. This is this could get dicey. Uh, all right, so we're talking about round two recap. We're gonna start with the Raptors because I just would like to get it over and done with and not talk about them until uh, well into the off season or next season. First of all, can we both agree it was the series of uh, the second round? Uh yeah. I guess, I guess it was. It was yeah i'll I'll give you that i guess well i'm obviously but i'm i am biased but i do think objectively it how could you not call it the most exciting just based on like statistics alone with overtime game seven a buzzer beating three with half a second left uh i just think there was a lot yeah going in favor but yeah fair fair enough that that was a a good series yeah um all right so the raptors go down to nothing and Obviously, when you talk about TSN turning points and stuff, there was one in this series. It didn't pan out for the Raptors, so I guess you can't really call it that. But um, OG Ananobi drills a three at the buzzer, half a second. They shouldn't have won that game. They didn't look like they were supposed to win that game. And it makes it a 2-1 series. And then the rest was kind of history from there. It it went on to become 3-3. The Raptors won game four because of the whole game three thing. Celtics look sluggish. Um, and then it it came down to game seven and I'm going to say it and be harsh because I think he deserves it, but I think everyone on that Raptors team played well enough to win that series. And you can never say that, no, this one guy lost the series for them. But if Pascal Siakam has one good game, the Raptors win that series. Yeah. And that's how close the games were. And he really didn't. He, he did not have a single good game that entire series. I do still think it's it's fair to call that uh, OG shot at the buzzer the turning point because realistically, if they if he misses that shot, they go down three nothing, and the chances of even pushing a game seven there is probably quite slim. They're probably pretty deflated going down three zero, and they probably even get swept honestly. But uh. Yeah, they, they, that kind of riled them, riled them up a little bit. Gave them some energy going forward. Uh, they just, yeah, uh, Pascal did not show up when they needed him to at all. It was terrible, and like I get it, and there's some, you know, 
some people are saying, okay, it's part of becoming the superstar, but my God, that's a painful part if that's what he's going through because that's just terrible. And I know it's a, a an, an exceptional season. You're in the bubble, but like everyone else figured it out and you are the max guy on the Raptors. So like we can't be relying on n- next year's Kyle Lowry. Sure. He probably was his best. I think that could have been his best season as a Raptor. Um, maybe not cause he won the ship last year, but, uh, you know, we can't rely on 35 year old Kyle Lowry to be doing this again in the final year of his, uh, his contract. So I don't know. I'm worried about that. It was a great series. The Celtics were the better team, I think. Um, for some reason, like, I don't know. For some reason in that series and continuing even still, uh, Marcus Smart has just become a lethal three point shooter out of nowhere. Yeah. And, uh, insane yeah it's it's things like that right um just being able to take it to that next gear you know we call people playoff whatever you know playoff p playoff rondo you know play you guys ran into playoff smart you know he hit he hit one three the whole series prior and then the raptors series just decided to hit what three or four a game yeah, and it, absolutely. And to like, I guess, kind of, I want to talk about Nick Nurse before we move on. But to wrap it up, it really was the boring. It was def- both teams' defense were just incredible. Like the game seven, yeah, it's, game sevens traditionally probably have lower scores because of the pressure. But ninety two eighty seven, like that's just two good defensive teams battling. And then uh, Pascal Siakam couldn't score. And again, that's what it really kind of came down to. If he t- makes, he scores 20 points, like 15, 20 points. Come on, Pascal, we win that game. But anyway, let's talk about Nick Nurse. He's got signed uh, before we move away from the Raptors. I want to know, do you think that controversy with him on the sideline was anything or do we don't don't even need to talk about it well realistically he was outside of the coaching box where he's allowed Mm -hmm. to go but it's not like he was wearing a green shirt you know what i mean it's not like he was (laughs) and had pants on as richard jefferson right it's not like he was wearing something similar (laughs) enough that tatum really could have been like, oh shit, I thought he was a Celtics player. Tatum just threw a really bad pass. And you could tell, like Tatum, that the big thing for me was Tatum didn't dispute it. He turned around and walked away and was like, oh, I fucked that exactly. up. And like, that was the end of it for him. So, mm. Right. Um, I will crit- criticize um, Nick Nurse, though, for the end of Game 7. He could have challenged uh, a tight call on Larry, and when they were down 3 with, what was it, 11 seconds left? Or it was mm. last possession of the game, sixteen seconds. Kinda, they had kind of blurry for me. Yeah, they had they had a six like sixteen second possession, and eleven seconds of it was just Fred VanVleet ISO dribbling, which ended up in a hoist of a three. You know what I mean? For for the coach yeah. of the year, I would have thought that he could have drawn up a much better play because he's really good coming out of timeouts, generally. Yeah, hundred percent and. They had a bad one too. Well, he just actually wasn't necessarily bad, but it was one where Van Vliet had to toss up a three at the buzzer, but he just didn't take a timeout. He let Van Vliet dribble the floor. Uh, and that was in game one, I think, maybe. Or maybe it was game two. But it was like at the end of regulation, uh, and he just let it play out, and people weren't really happy about it. Because if you have a timeout with 10 seconds left in the NBA, use it was a shot absolutely, to win. Take a fucking absolutely timeout. Absolutely use it. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. That's it. Rap season is a wrap. <laughs> Uh, that didn't go as bad as I thought it would. I think I said I won't 
I'm not going to say I called it because they were way better than I expected them to be, but I did say they'll be a great regular season team, win around, see you later. They pushed round two to game seven, but that's essentially what happened. And they had a sweep for first time in franchise history. So lots to lots to be proud of, but I'm worried that they're making Van Vliet a priority for next year, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, moving on till Milwaukee and Miami. My God, nothing went right for the Bucks. I'll let you start with this one. The Bucks and Mike Budenhoser. I think I think Budenhoser has to. He needs a new job. <laughs> the Bucks need a new coach, maybe, because I seen someone say it, and it's so true that he doesn't have a playoff gear. You know what I mean? What you see from the Bucks in the regular season is exactly what you're going to see from them in the playoffs. They don't they don't make adjustments. Right. And then when Giannis for, doesn't play well, look out. For yeah, for as good as a team as they are, they don't uh if you punch them in the mouth, they kind of just get back up and do whatever they were doing beforehand. Um Chris Middleton had a stellar series once uh once Giannis got hurt but at that point in time you're you're allowing Miami to do just about whatever they want coach Bolstra absolutely put on a clinic with this group yeah it was almost like you said like how Boldenhauser doesn't have uh that playoff level look on the other side of half court and you've got an absolutely golden organization that knows how to win have won uh have a legend at the helm and Pat Riley and then Spolstra's coached you know every kind of team at this point he's been through it all um and they look really good and they're on there we'll get to the series but they're in a great they're definitely the... um they're definitely one of the more underappreciated franchises in the league for sure yeah people and don't i really will admit that too people don't really understand like the genius of pat riley at all they lost hassan whiteside who was averaging like 15 18 boards a game for them huge defensive player uh he left and they were just like oh well here's bam out of bio and we're gonna get the exact same thing out of him yeah no they they really and obviously Giannis goes down i can't even remember at this point if it was just it was like a game and a half i think that he was out it was like he missed half a game four and then all game yep. five i think is what it was so yeah and my yep. and you know credit to milwaukee for like coming together for their leader and winning that game and the other thing you have to think about and mention again it's been put to the back burner is that the bucks started this whole movement of boycotts they were right at the thick of it does that tire you out were their were their heads completely in it and that's the same for everybody but they're the team who you know kicked it off and pulled the trigger so to speak uh of the boycotts so I don't know. That's obviously there too. And then Giannis wasn't in for game five. It was a nightmare series for the Bucks from start to finish. And uh the Bucks the Bucks do play better team ball without Giannis though. Mm-hmm. As as most uh as most teams do when their superstar is out, the Bucks were a great example of that in the uh was it game four? Yeah, game four when Giannis originally rolled his ankle. The way they closed that game out, had they played like that the rest of the series, right. they would have had a they I think they would have had a shot because that's how Miami plays. Yeah. Well even when Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler is their guy. Yeah. But they're gonna ride the hot hand. They're not gonna force shots through Butler or force shots through Bam. You know, that those are their all stars. 
But Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, you know, Jay Crowder, Goran Dragic, they have all equal opportunity on that team. 100%. Um, and I guess to find it, like to wrap this up is what do you think about, because Milwaukee realistically, do they not have one more go at this with everyone? Like I know Giannis is there, but is there any key pieces they need to sign or get rid of? Or is do you see this team having one more go? Do they stick with their guy as in, I don't mean Giannis, but I mean their head coach. And do they give this one more shot? I would change coaches. Mm. And I think that I think they're still a piece away. Yeah. Because Chris Middleton is great. He's a great scorer, but you're never worried about him taking over a game. If Chris Middleton scores 20, that's fine. You know what I mean? That's that's his ceiling, but you're never worried about him going off for like 30, 35, 40. He's not gonna beat you by himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not he's not quite a Robin, if you will. Right. And I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like the East obviously now looks to be getting not maybe, you know, the West still seems superior. But within the Eastern Conference, the parity is certainly there within those top like five teams even. Um, All right. So that you have to remember, though, you have to remember that the Nets are coming back next year with Kyrie, though. God damn. It's going to be crazy. Next year is going to be fun. I really hope that we all get stuck with the needle. So there's fans in the stands. But I'm not I don't think it's very realistic for at least the start of the season but um all right so that brings us to the Heat and the Celtics and this is kind of where it starts to hurt for me cuz I'm like god this could have been the Heat and the Raptors <laughs> like it they were that close you know like the second round is such a hump to get over in this in the playoffs and they were just so damn close um so the Heat and the Celtics it's 2-1 for Miami they quickly go up 2-0 however they're down double digit in double digits in both games. And I just, it makes me think, because the Raptors did this too, to the Celtics. So can the Celtics just not close? Like, how do we see this series playing out? Well, they had their little argument after game two. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you heard about that. Yeah. There was lots of screaming and fighting. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's healthy, honestly, mm-hmm. because you, you shouldn't be happy with losing. Um. The Celtics got Hayward back. That's a huge, uh, that's a huge boost for them. Obviously, helped in Game Three last night. Um, I don't think that the Celtics are as tough as Miami, though. Miami is going to out tough the Celtics, and I think that's that's what you've seen in the first few games. Those leads that they have, right? Uh, Miami doesn't quit. Yeah, and that's um, that's what the, the difference has been, really. Like I said, they do it by committee, um, as the Celtics do as well. Sure. Uh, Kemba's been struggling. Kemba's been struggling yeah, a well, lot with his offense. Yeah, and Miami almost did it again last night. Like, if Duncan doesn't, uh, first of all, <laughs> to me, it looked like Duncan was like, all right, I'm going to take this in the chin, and I know I'm about to take it in the chin, but <laughs> it's going to, I'm taking it in the chin. Because he stepped in like, and put, it looked like he put his job ready to be clunked, and he got clunked, and then, uh, brick to free throw uh and i think if he makes both those free throws just maybe there's like because then it's two possessions but to my point was they almost did it again <clears throat> and yes kemba has been weak the thing with the celtics is is that their rotation is a little clogged where they can't really have everybody that they want on the floor maybe on the floor at the same time right you know jalen brown uh marcus smart they're similar positions uh, Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward 
usually they play Tatum at uh, power forward. But there's a, there's still only one basketball, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Whereas the Heat do it by committee in a way that makes sense. Hero and Duncan Robinson are never going to be like primary ball handlers, right? They're right. shooters. Bam is a is a post up or pick and roll kind of player. I will so say, I, I think that I think that Miami has a better system in place per se, right? Uh, and uh, again, right, it comes down to the coaching. I think Spo is going to out coach Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. I think Brad Stevens is a fit, phenomenal coach, but just with the players he has at his disposal uh, versus the players Miami has at their disposal and what they're running, I, I think Miami's a tough out right now. Um, sure. After the loss last night, uh, they're 10 and 1, which uh, matches second all time behind the 01 Lakers and the 17 uh, Golden State Warriors. Wild. They were 11 and 0. This is in the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah, this is the playoffs, yes. Pretty wild. And I mean, I do think, all things considered, like this series, more chance than not, has, you know, is probably going to go six or seven. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you feel if like if you think really Miami could take this in five. Uh, if they've really looked like the better team, I didn't even I, did, I only watched game three. <clears throat> um, but the highlights from the first two games would give Boston a little hope in the sense like, listen, we can control the pace and can play our game and and dominate the game at times, and we just need to close it. But like having that in the back of your head, you barely finish off the Raptors, but you you did it. You beat the champs. Um, and you've never been here with this crew before, so I don't know. I do. I still give edge to Miami as well with their uh, back end, back of office experience, especially like because yes, it's up to the players out on the floor, but <clears throat> Miami's running a system I think better than Boston and Tyler. And I was going to say Tyler Hero, uh, yeah, shooter, but like Duncan Robinson's definitely a shooter. But Tyler Hero's been making some plays, penetrating to the rim, some and one buckets. Uh, and I don't know for someone who's like super small and the team, the team, they figured it out like to, to work with what they have and work with it really well. Uh, so yeah, I pick Miami. I think you're picking Miami Jay. Is that what I hear and feel? Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Miami in six. Uh, the, I think the Celtics will get another game, but I, I don't see them. I don't see them beating this group in Miami right now. For the sake of it, I'm going Miami in overtime in game seven. <laughs> Oh well, wow. uh, we're, we're gonna going go the full distance. Yeah, and we're and it's got to be Jimmy Butler with the some sort of clutch, either clutch game or clutch bucket to win the series. Um, did you, you did? Did you catch the end of Game One of that series? No, I watched like the highlights, but I, what an insane finish! Jimmy Butler had one of the tougher drives I've ever oh, seen. Oh yes, he didn't, great, I, he didn't get great lift on the shot. He right. still made it. I was thinking and then though Tatum looked like he was about to take off on a dunk. Oh, that Bam, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Bam just said no, and that's what I'm talking about when you talk about this like Miami toughness. Like, how many people are going to challenge that dunk, let alone block it? Right? Like, yeah, it was honestly insane, and I did obviously they showed that on the highlights. But yeah, I thought there when uh, Butler made that bucket, I was like, my god, you left double digit seconds on the clock. Like, I don't know about this. I don't I don't know right. where the shot clock was either though, so I can't really comment too much on it. But yeah, Tatum almost just Are you a are you a hold the ball for the last shot kind of guy? Uh depend how many point was it a tie game? Yeah, it was tied at the moment. Then absolutely. Jimmy Butler needs the buzzer needs to sound when the ball is in the air. <laughs> if it's a tie game, 
Oh my god. If you have if the shot clock's off and it's a tie game and you have the final shot in a playoff game, you better it was, hear it that was, buzzer. It wasn't uh it wasn't a shot clock possession though. They they had to they had to shoot the ball. Oh man, no, I don't like that. And obviously <laughs> I'm not the an NBA coach, so obviously there's reasons why you do what you do, but and you take the best look you can get. That's the fundamental rule of the game is you take the look that's the best, regardless of how much time's left. But um which is crazy because i don't think it was that great of a look like it was a really tough shot he yeah did. yeah no insane but the heat are up two one and i i take him in seven jay takes him in six um and that's pretty cool i'm not gonna lie seeing the heat and celtics in there it feels old school it feels good as to be a basketball fan and the east has provided some great 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 playoff uh series so far all right over to the west Let's go down. Let's talk about the Nuggets and the Clippers. What happened? Mitch, again, condolences. And um, no, I'm not actually going to say that because that's news for Mitch to break. But condolences for producer Ferg uh, on the Clippers being up 3-1 on those damn Denver Nuggets and just not being able to close it out. I know what you think, Jay, and as far as like a coaching change potentially in the Clippers, because I know you have not good vibes with Doc. And who? how could you with his record uh, in the playoffs? But do you think they're going to fire Doc Rivers? And what do you think happened to no, Kawhi I, and Paul? Like, there's so many things that are just, what happened here? <laughs> I really don't think they're going to fire Doc Rivers, and I have no idea why. I Right. cannot fathom why you wouldn't fire this maybe because he's just like too good that. of a guy like is that everyone loves him is that all it is like i don't know <laughs> so we're just we're just happy with second round pity parties now <laughs> That's I, don't, I don't really get it this this is the second time on this team in five years he's blown a 3-1 lead oh and yeah it's just it's bad it's the second time it's the third time in his career he's blown a 3-1 lead not and i if i'm not mistaken in game five, I feel like they had plenty of opportunities to close it. I think. Um, yeah, they had they had a sixteen point lead and then a nineteen point lead. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. And like for the this is what some people were saying about the Raptors last year is when it came down to the crunch time and playoffs. Whenever anybody got the ball, they're like, "Where's Kawhi? Where's Kawhi?" At the end of this series, when Kawhi got the ball, he was like, where's anybody else? Why, I don't want it. And it was not good. Like, I can't believe that that's a big, that's like the biggest collapse in NBA history in like the last, I don't know. I can only go back like five years, but like that they were so primed for a championship run, probably in a lot of people's eyes favored over the Lakers Everyone's talking about Kawhi, three teams, three ships. It's going to happen. And then you're bounced in round two by a boy from Ontario. Like, what's happening? <laughs> what is happening? I love it, to be honest. <laughs> I just love that the Clipper slander has, like, it's an all-time high of, like, Clipper slander. <laughs> I've never seen a team just be, like, mercifully, like, mercilessly, I can't talk right now, without mercy yeah. be roasted on the internet. Uh, and just, like, no one defending them. No no one was like, you know what, everyone was just like, you know what, fuck it. Like, the Clippers, they, they just, <clears throat> they did it. They fucked up again. It was a crumble. Um, I think the Clippers, the Clippers' issue was that they were built to play against the Lakers and not really anybody else. <laughs> so if the, 
They had a bunch of guys, and don't get me wrong, they they did have a, a talented group, but they had a bunch of guys outside of outside of Kawhi that were really only good one way. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ooh, Williams, terrific yeah. offensive player, liability yeah. on defense. Yeah. Prez, can't play defense. Fucking Pat Beverly, can't play offense, great defender. Paul George is just one of probably the most overrated player in the NBA. <laughs> At honestly. this point, yeah. <laughs> when I tell you, Jeff, when I tell you that when he hit the side of the backboard, I was rolling around on my couch <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Oh I'm thinking of right now is like, how is this the episode? <laughs> this is not a good look, Mitch. You bailed. <laughs> yeah, the ep- Mitch is like, to- yeah, I just enrolled in school, so I don't have to talk about this anymore. <laughs> oh, he's gonna hate me for that, but that's what we need. Um, but no, it's. I mean, and then I also don't. This is where I need you, and I don't know if you know all the specifics, but contractually for this Clippers team, where do they sit player wise, and like, how many goes at this do they have? Uh, and do we think they would keep it together if things just don't continue to not go well? <clears throat> well, uh, Trez is a free agent this year, and Kawhi and Paul George have player options in 21. Okay. So realistically, they had this year and next year. Right, right. With this, with this exact team. Right. I, I'm not really sure about like the rest of the guys. Well, hey, like, that's yeah, a. Yeah. I do think you know what? Maybe that is like now. I am standing the coaching change because if you can bring this team back for two seasons, my God, like surely you can win two championships if you just like figure it out. And I guess you just pointed out some f- big flaws in their roster for sure. But I mean, God, and I I alluded to this a few episodes ago too, where I was like they kind of look disorganized and unsure about themselves on the floor, but then they seem to figure that out. Um, but when, man, they made a lot of excuses, though. Yeah. Oh, the excuse! <laughs> like the bubble was hard on their conditioning, and guys couldn't play more than four minute stretches. And oh, it's only our first year together, and yeah, we didn't really have the chemistry. Like that's that's an excuse. It's an excuse you know I mean? when you ha- exactly you the the league we're in now. There is no you know you build a team. What really what really sold it though? was that Paul George said it wasn't a championship or bust season for them. <laughs> that's a fucking, that's a lie. That is a bold-faced lie. And why are you even saying that? I mean, you should figure out a way to answer a question without having to say something like that. Uh, and if it's not a championship or bust season for you, then you're just not ready to win a championship. Yeah, exactly. Terrible mindset. I'm sure if the Lakers lost, LeBron would be like, we fucked up this season. Exactly. Like, we fucked up. I will give that to about LeBron. He doesn't really sugarcoat things if in his in his interviews but anyway let's kind of give credit to the nuggets um enough about the clippers <coughs> excuse me but oh 100 percent, the nuggets the nuggets played phenomenally yeah and i mean obviously they're in a tough you know they're playing the lakers now but let's give credit to the nuggets for uh you know the fight that they're putting up and jamal murray really taking big steps forward maybe not in his own eyes but in the perception of people of him uh, big, big steps forward. And I know Shaq loves Jokic because, you know, Shaq's belief is like, if you can get a dominant big man that can still dominate the game in today's game, obviously, depending on who you're matched up against. But uh, actually, who guarded Jokic in game one? In the Clippers series? No, sorry, in, in game one of the... In the Lakers series? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Dwight. Okay, so... 
they had, they had a different couple of different lineups, but Dwight was okay. the primary defender. <clears throat> what I was yeah alluding to is like what you know I don't know I actually haven't listened to Shaq in like a few days, but I know generally his belief is if you can get a dominant big man, that would be his strat. You know, ten out of ten times to uh, win the basketball game. But do you see that being able to happen after game one? Like I know I just kind of jumped into the the next series, but we gave the Denver Nuggets credit for for beating the Clippers, and now this is what they're up against. Across LA. <laughs> so we're just going to say fuck the Rockets and we're not going to talk about them at all. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, everyone. No, we need to do that. I forgot about the Rockets, but that's kind of ironic. Re- and I kind of like that I forgot rewind. about the Rockets. Hitting the rewind button. Take us away from the for the Rockets series first, Jay, because apparently I need a second. <laughs> round, uh, yeah, round two, Lakers, Rockets, a five game series for the Lakers. Um, we beat them at their own game. Um, game one, we came out and our bigs, you know, notably were at a disadvantage trying to switch pick and rolls with five guards and we kind of got exposed. They made their shots. Um, yeah, so they took game one as, you know, they they were supposed to, you know, they executed their game plan. Right. Um, Vogel came out in game two, made some lineup changes. We went smaller. Um, I think it's really funny when we say the Lakers play small ball because we still have. I'm glad Davis you said six... smaller. <laughs> right, it's just funny, right? Because our small ball lineup is still six eleven, six nine, six nine, like six five and six four. Right. Whereas the Rockets' small ball lineup is all six five. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So we made our adjustments. Um. We actually hit a higher percentage of threes in game three and four than the Rockets I was did. hoping you were going to bring that up. <laughs> Nothing went right, right so for the it's Rockets. Like, right, so in a, in a game where... You, hold on, we, we kind of criticized uh, Nick Nurse for his uh, coaching lapses, and we've definitely criticized Doc Rivers there. Man, Mike D'Antoni is absolutely... Like, no, not Doc Rivers. Mike D'Antoni is absolutely the worst coach in the NBA. But he's going to get a job next year, is he not? Like, likely. Probably. Like, you, but, like, absolutely the worst. Like, yeah. zero adjustments. Like, right. absolutely not. Like, no, we're just going to, we did the, we ran the numbers on it, and uh, three-pointers <laughs> are worth more than twos, so we're just going to keep <laughs> shooting them. He literally said, somebody asked them, they're like the Lakers are trapping you guys and forcing you into the mid range, and you're passing up open looks. Like, why do you think your team's doing that? And he said, "Well, if you're open in the mid range, you can just drive it really hard into the paint." <laughs> yeah, except then there's like three seven footers on the Lakers waiting for you. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah, that it makes it, zero sense. It seems really odd from like our perspective for sure. It's like what? It's like how is this even? still a relationship why why do you still want him as your coach and that's the weird thing about it is he walked away and now the reports are that priority was to re-sign d'antoni like i don't understand they're just apparently content with the way things are going uh but i don't know i don't think that just stops at the coach for the rockets i think there's obviously uh bigger issues there like james harden Harden, Harden and westbrook was they were never gonna work together yeah <clears throat> that was that was a pipe dream for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's basically the series. Like I we there was that one scary game where uh, 
Uh, I was over at your place watching it and then left and the Rockets like went on a huge run. Uh, but that was it. Like they in game five, it was an embarrassment. Like I've never seen a team just absolutely fold like that. And that's on the coach. I don't care. I don't care who uh, says anything. You know what I mean? It's the coaches. One of the coaches jobs is to make sure that does not get put out on the floor. And if it, it does, yeah, they emptied the bench with like five minutes left. Yeah. Like, ah, that's so bad. Piss poor. And just like, I don't know. You, you shouldn't expect it. Uh, and I mean, even if you are going to you accept the fact that, you know, OK, we're in the bubble. We want to go home. Sure. But like, literally, I've never seen a team not try. <laughs> as much as the, the thing is try. Westbrook doesn't understand that he's open because he can't shoot <laughs> uh, they were down 30 points and the Lakers were all sitting in the paint and there was a camera angle that you could see Westbrook saying oh you better bring a double team <laughs> we're like bro no one shoot it we're like yeah, please the basketball IQs are lacking in yeah. Houston um and yeah, that's that's a major major issue for them going forward. I don't see what kind of good future is coming soon for them. But let's move on to the West Final, which I tried to do uh, six minutes ago. Um, the Lakers and the Nuggets. Um, so we're down to four. Lakers, Nuggets, uh, Heat, Celtics. So we're a game into this series. The East is a little bit ahead, but. Um, Denver looked good in the first quarter, and then the end score of this game is not indicative of the of the way the two teams look and who looks like the better team and might even sweep the series. But based on Denver's uh, first two rounds, uh, you got to think that they're not going to go down easy. But uh, what did you think of Game One, Jay? And you know, the Lakers are now seven games away from an NBA title. Are you keeping it together uh, as like a lifetime Lakers fan? They haven't been here in a very long time, but uh, all things considered, it's looking pretty good. I just want to touch on something you mentioned earlier, and that's having like the dominant big man on your team. Mm -hmm. the, the game is definitely perimeter based now. And, you know, three point shooting and guard play is at a premium. But if you look at the four teams that are left, Everyone except for the Celtics does have an all-star big. You know, the Lakers have Davis, obviously, and then they still run McGee and Howard, uh, Jokic for Denver, and Bam Adebayo for Miami. So it's clearly still a thing that you... <laughs> you need a big man with a skill set, Yeah, of course, in yeah. today's game. It's a, di it's a different skill set, but you still need a reliable, a reliable big. Right. <clears throat> So how do you feel, Lakers? Um, but yeah, in terms of the Lakers and Nuggets series, uh, no, the final score of Game 1 was definitely not indicative. We kind of took our foot off the, the gas a little bit, but I mean, we didn't do it with like several minutes left in the game. Right. Um, Denver's <clears throat> reserves kind of came in and did some window dressing at the end. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the Lakers game plan was, um, yeah, they took the ball out of Jokic's hands. They did not allow Denver to run that high pick and roll with Murray and Jokic. Next, next, uh, like next to no possessions that worked. They were running them off that all day. Right. Um. They they put the ball in Jeremy uh, Jeremy Grant's hands a lot, which was you know fine with us. In game two, um, the Nuggets, sorry, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. The, 
sorry, the Nuggets are just a much slower team. Like they're not like they want to play half court, like high pick and roll. And I don't I don't even think they're a better shooting team than the Lakers. If you look around their roster, their only like significant shooter is Murray, of course. Right. <clears throat> and I think you're going to need like a Herculean effort for him to for them to make any kind of noise in this series whatsoever. Yeah. Like Jokic, Jokic is fantastic on the offensive end, but against the people that he's going to have to guard in this series, he's an absolute liability. A hundred percent. That and that's the thing. It's like even when I talk about because I'm obviously speaking about Jokic with the big man scenario, but you look across the floor and it's like, oh well, they just have better big men uh in the Lakers. So it's a I must say I wouldn't like Jokic is obviously the second best big man in this series behind I think behind A D, yeah, for sure. That But but at the same that's that's offensively. On defense, Jokic isn't running or jumping with Dwight Howard or McGee. Right. Yeah, you know he's a clon- so that, clonk that's around. Why he was in foul trouble because he can't he can't guard these people. Right. And it was very evident. And I mean, that's it's a must, must, must win. If there's any series there's been so far, in my opinion, in this playoffs that you the the team cannot go down 0-2. It's this one because I think they need to go up 2-1. I think they have to figure out a way to like magically win these two games. And then if it's 2-1 Denver, maybe then, you know, they can like ride it and 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 get a get a victory out of the series. But because I don't want to like say it's over. They're in the West final. They're a good team. They've got they're playing their best basketball. Um but I think the experience of the play the players and the coaching staff uh on the Lakers it's just going to be too much, too much and for all the reasons you've stated. Um so we're both going to take Lakers. What do you what do you think? How many games? I'm going to go 5, 5 max. Like I just All right. Don't, this is going to be it's going to be competitive. But it's not going to be a close end result. Yeah, I also lied. For the sake of the podcast, I will. I'm gonna take Denver. Uh, so I'm gonna say the Nuggets in seven games, and uh, somehow this becomes like a crazy series. Because I, I, I'm not. I don't think the Lakers are boring, but it's like I want. I'm ready for some real fucking full exciting Lakers games where it's like for the full 48 minutes. This is like edge of my sheet seat shit. Uh, and I think it can get there. I think it can get there. I can't talk either tonight. Uh, all right. So we look ahead. Murray needs it. Murray needs a really, really big game for this to happen, though. Yeah, he really does. The games that it's in, uh, it's uh, Sunday right now when we were recording. We're still going to pass this off to producer Ferg because I don't know how to get the episode out to your ears. But um we're about two uh, two and a half hours away from tip off game two, and then I assume tomorrow will be game four of the Miami. I hope it just alternates days. We don't have any days off, do we? I hope not. Um, we do have a gap. Oh, is there uh, until the next until the next uh, Eastern Conference game? They and, don't play till Wednesday. And like this is crazy. Like we're almost done. So it's September twentieth. They're talking about not having the next season start till as early as Christmas Day. So this shit's going to be over in mid-October, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. October. Yeah, so but there is going to be still a, a reasonable off-season. What's that? That's still the, that's still a reasonable off-season time though. That's what I'm saying. It's like I thought it would be a much quicker turnover for some reason. But like you're saying it's kind of like 
a general off season now. It's what it would be just at a different time of year. Yeah, and like that's great for the teams who are in the bubble, but if you're like I don't know, the Washington Wizards like or the Atlanta Hawks or any of the like the teams down west who didn't make it, the I don't even know who's down there. <laughs> uh but like that's a long time to not play basketball competitively. I hope they all have like different plans in place to keep themselves. And I'm sure they do. But like holy shit, like that's pretty crazy to go from March and then all the way to the next January and not play. That's a long time. And I think we have to talk about that as a real possibility that could give teams a tough start next season. Yeah, but all those teams suck anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Fair enough. When's the draft? Um, when is the draft they, and who's um, going the first? The draft is... They keep moving it. Yeah, they what's up with that? Why I are have, they doing I that? I have no idea when it is, to be completely honest with you. That's wild. And is... They were going to do a like a second bubble of like teams that weren't in the playoffs or teams that like weren't even in the bubble to begin with, like the other eight teams out of the thirty. Um and it wasn't gonna like mean anything. It was just gonna be that so that they could play basketball. You know what I mean? Right. Like, NBA basketball. They could they were just gonna have like scrimmages or something. But then for whatever reason it never came to fruition hmm. i don't know yeah i mean <clears throat> it's gonna be interesting to see for sure for sure um but what was i just gonna say oh yeah so i i want to do like uh we were all we've always talked about like video doing like a vi- getting video for our podcast but it has to happen i want to do it like at least like maybe the last episode or something of this uh season because jay's got his heat jersey he ordered a heat jersey i ordered a heat jersey like the baby blues i'm not switching fans i'm not being or switching teams i'm not producing ferg yeah the vice night jerseys or do we call them the vice night jerseys in miami are the nicest uniforms in the league they're so sick you got jimmy butler right I did, yes. And then obviously I got my Miami Heat crush, Duncan Robinson. We have to get a little LGBT gay content on the go. Cute Duncan Robinson. I'm still waiting though. I didn't even track it. Like I don't know why I'm not even dealing with this because you said you had to uh like I know get... where it is. Your jersey is in golf <laughs> snow. And do I have to take action? Like, do I have to pay like customs or something before the Yeah, release you're gonna it? have to pay custom taxes because FedEx is <sighs> fucked. God, FedEx, you're never going to be a sponsor. Canada Post, please reach out. Uh, we would love to have you sponsor the podcast. Um, shout out Purolator. <laughs> shout out Purolator. All right, we've been going for like 45. I think that was basically a good... Uh, I had some more notes. Is there anything that I wanted to talk about before we go away? Uh, Future of the Raptors was the first... Oh, yeah, Fred, before we go away, what do you think... It's basically come out that Fred Van Vliet is priority. Number one, like what, why are we going into this? This feels like we're going to have another DeMar DeRozan situation. Why are we going to rely on Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet? We're NBA champions now. We need stars. And I don't know, unless Masai is just like knows that Giannis is coming. Uh, but is Masai might not even stay. He's only got one more year, so I don't know. I'm concerned, not concerned, because I'm going to sound like a shitty Can fan. Can we just clarify that Giannis is not a fucking free agent this summer? I know that, but that's the thing. It's, like people, yeah. people keep talking like he can leave right now. I know. Like, he's not a free agent until next year. I know. I know. I don't know. I really. Anyway, th- I, um, well, yeah. Do you think the Raptors should just let go of Van Vliet? Like, why are they ba- publicly stating this is a priority to sign this guy? Well, because, I mean, their other point guard is 35. Yeah. So, I mean, 
you need you kind of you need some kind of peace. I know, and, but you uh, think that he's going to get offered too much money from someone else for us to take pay him that much and then have room to get like a star. Like man, listen. I don't know. Listen. <laughs> listen. Every single NBA player in history gets overpaid in, except for Scottie Pippen. <laughs> um <laughs> gets overpaid in free agency. It's just a thing that happens and the Raptors are going to have to do it too. Um like you said, you know, Pascal had a really hard time adjusting to being the guy on the team. I don't know if the the experience he got this year kind of carries over. Maybe he comes back better next year in the playoffs. But the Raptors, I think, do need to keep um, Fred VanVleet because it's like we said, it's a guard-oriented league, and uh, Fred VanVleet has showed that he can be a starting guard, a quality starting guard in the league as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think he should be priority. Really, um, I know that Raptors fans, <laughs> their pockets are gonna hurt when <laughs> they see what he gets paid. Yeah, but I I do think it's the right move yeah and then i'm also see i like surge like marcus all is i think i don't know i think maybe he was just run down because he didn't have an off season because he went to play for spain uh after the championship if you look at all the raptors bigs they're they're all aging yeah like a lot of the a lot of the core is aging so you kind of need some kind of corner pieces and i think siakam and fred van vliet is at least a start yeah and i mean that's the thing right now we have sour tastes in our mouths because siakam was essentially like the worst player on our team in the playoffs. And like, that's just not, that wasn't going to get us anywhere. Yeah, we fought hard. But when you think about it and look back on that on paper, when you see who your supposed to, supposed best player was the worst um, of like all the players who played, I'd even, maybe not, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say any more shitty things about Pascal, but it is, you're not going to win Listen, that way. You're not going to win that way. You guys got just as far as Kawhi did. Same round, yes. same game. Yeah. He should have ran it back. Fuck the Clippers. You would love to give us Danny Fuck Green back, so I'll take him because I know you don't want him. Um, but he's been all right. Nah, Dan- nah, Danny Green's making his shots now. Don't yeah, talk shit no, about he, Danny Green. He's been, he's been we all right. we out here now. All right, we're going to wrap Lakers it up. In four. <laughs> we're going to be back hopefully a bit sooner than last time, and uh, we might have an NBA final to talk about. Who knows? It's pretty wild. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Producer Ferg, we hope you're back next time. Uh, this has been the NBA Podcast. Peace. When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires Will come to you If your heart is in your dream No request is too extreme When you wish upon a star as dreamers do. It's too icy for him. Yeah.